Hey there, how's it going? My name's Eric, and I work at Lowe's. Hurry into Lowe's now through May 6th to take part in our exclusive Build-It event and save big on building materials, tools, windows, and doors. Like free local delivery via mail-in rebate when you spend $499 or more on asphalt roofing shingles. Plus, get free local delivery via mail-in rebate with the purchase of $199 or more of John's Manville fiberglass insulation. Lowe's, let's build something together. Shingle offer valid through 5911. John's Manville offer valid through 41811. See store for details. Valid in U.S. only. Good morning, Blog Talk listeners. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in on this Saturday, March the 26th. Um, we endured spring this week at the spring equinox, and I can tell you that the temperature is heating up in the beautiful state of Florida. This morning, not a cloud in the sky. Sun is blazing bright already, and I know that some of my friends around the country are in snow or in inclement weather. And I'd like to send a very, very warm shout-out to you this morning and offer you to come down, take a visit to the state, see what's going on, get away from some of that crazy weather, come down to Florida and enjoy some sun. Again, our beaches are open and the shrimp is being served. Come on down and enjoy your bite. Uh, We have a lot of things to talk about this morning uh, a lot of changes are going on. A lot of changes are going on around the country. Things that you need to know about, things that matter most to your wallet, not just as a business owner, but as a consumer. There are a lot of things that are going on, and I'm not, I hope you're paying attention to them. Uh, what's going on in the news, uh, the legislation that's, that, that has been introduced in Congress about swipe fees, bank swipe fees. Now, a lot of times you will hear a lot of information uh, being thrown out, swipe fees and different things like banking fees and and overages. Well, these are things that the bankers keep it in that language, and it's almost to, to keep the listening consumers ignorant to what is happening. But there's legislation being introduced by Senator Dick Durbin, to or has already been introduced by Senator Dick Durbin to actually put a cap on merchant swipe fees. Now, every time you swipe your card, your debit card, or your credit card, you're getting hit with a a fee. And some banks will offer you, you know, no swipe fee debit cards, interest-free debit cards, no penalty debit cards. Well, if you can find that, great. If you can't, then you need to look for another bank. But when you go into a store and you have your, let's say, your credit card, and you use your Visa or Visa or MasterCard, even your Discover card, and you make a transaction at the store, what is happening is the banks are charging. This is how they will make their money. They're making their money off of you, the individual, but they're also making their money off off of the business itself. So it works like this. You go in, you have, you're going to buy a $100 purchase. Well, your total comes up to be $100. The business only makes $97. Well, let's go even lower than that when you take out the taxes that they're collecting. But for that item that they sold you, the business may only make $93 off of that $100 that they charge you. Well, that the rest of the money went towards 
the merchant fee that the visa is charging the business in order to, you know, help them increase their sales and push things out of their store, they charge the business a 2%, 2.5% transaction fee. So that means out of that $100 that you bought, purchased, now the business has to pay $2.50 on that fee. You take out the taxes and all this. Well, what is happening is businesses, they're having to, this thing has a trickle-down effect. Because the business have to buy their stuff at a wholesale cost where they can make a profit to stay in business. No business wants to just break even. They want to make a profit. Well, you say, okay, well, it doesn't matter to me. I paid my 100 bucks. I don't really care. Well, you should care because long, long before this legislation came into play, American Express, if you notice, and, and I, give, I give kudos to American Express. Um, they're one of the best charge cards, not credit card, charge cards that are out there. Started from Card Blanche years ago. But the whole gist behind American Express, American Express says that when you have a charge card and you know what you have to pay at the end of the month, chances are you're going to buy more at a vendor. So, for instance, I went to a liquor store. I'm having a party, or I just want to go by and pick up, you know, something for my casual drinking. Yes, I'm a casual drinker. However, I want to go and I want to pick up something for my casual drinking. So I may go in and I may pick up a bottle of Quavo. But at the same time, because I'm using my American Express, I may pick up me a nice Shiraz or a, a nice Cabernet or a Merlot. And now I've bought three or four items, whereas when I, if I came in with cash, I'm probably going to buy the Jose Cuevo, 1800 and that's it. I'm not going to buy the Shiraz or the Cabernet or even me a cream liquor or whatever, a liqueur. So American Express says, well, when you come in and you buy with American Express, chances are you're going to buy more at one time because you know what you have to pay at the end of the month. And by the way, American Express, if you, if you don't know, you if you charge up $1,500, then you pay $1,500 at the end of the month. There's no interest added in that. There's no annual percentage rate unless you don't pay it. But with the American Express green, then American Express is going to be calling you because they don't just give out the car to everyone. They give it out to responsible businesses and responsible individuals because they know they can pay that amount at the end of the month. Okay, how does that tie into the business? Well, American Express normally charges higher than your Visa or your MasterCard. American Express may be 35 to 4%, 4% of a transaction. So these fees are passed on to the, to the business because they have to absorb that. So they have to price their products right to make sure they can sell the products make a profit, but also be able to pay those transaction fees. Now, I just told you how that's done there, but they're also the MasterCard or Visa. They're also coming after you because those are credit cards. It's a revolving credit. It's not one time. It's revolving. So if you have 100 bucks on it at the end of the month, if you don't pay that, if your annual percentage rate is you know 19.9%, 
then out of your minimum payment that you're sending on to your credit card to pay for that Visa or MasterCard, then a percentage of that is broken down, that, that annual percentage rate is broken down over a 12-month cycle, and a percentage of that is taken out for your cost to borrow credit. So the these cards are making money off of you, the individual, as well as the business. What is happening now is the fees are so exorbitant that the merchants are saying, hey, um, we're going to have to pass on some of these fees to the consumers. Now, if you notice, if you walk into some stores, mostly you see it at convenience stores because that's, that's where people are coming in to buy a 2 or $3 item. Well, if you go into a convenience store and you use your debit card or your credit card, they're going to tell you that you have to purchase a certain amount. If you use this card, it's going to cost you this. Because cash is always the better option. I know down here in Florida there are some service stations or gasoline filling stations that you will go to, and they will have different prices on them. One price is if you use cash. The other price is if you use credit. These people have to absorb that fee, and what they're doing, as most businesses would do, and I would do the same thing, is I'm going to pass that on to the consumer. But I have to pass it on the right way where it doesn't make me, as a business, look like I'm gouging my customer. But I also have to absorb that fee. So these are little things that you know you need to know that you need to take a look at every time you use your card uh, to do any type of transaction because you're going to have to pay in the end. So this legislation that's been introduced, excuse me, is to put a cap on the swipe fees that these companies are charging. And putting a cap on it would reduce the cost. Now, you got to understand, it would reduce the cost for the business, and it would take money out of the corporation's hand, those banking entities. But it's not like they're losing money. We hear in the news all the time about the credit card debt is so high, and... Right now, well, last year, the student loan debt actually surpassed the credit card debt. But we hear that the credit card debt is so high. But it would make you think, or it should make you think, if the credit card debt is so high and people can't pay their credit cards, why are banks still issuing issuing credit cards? Something is going on. See, they know that... It, <laughs> This thing ties into a whole lot of things, and these are things that I like to bring to you because I feel that, honestly, there's not a lot of people out there telling you about things that matter most to your wallet. Um, politicians talk to us like we are ignorant. Um, businesses talk to us like we're ignorant. However, the businesses and the politicians depend on us to put them where they are and to keep them where they are. Our dollar, our buying power is king. So since that is the case, we need to utilize that, utilize our power to implement change. By all means, people, please do not just sit and take what's being told to you. Do your research. 
I bring you information because I feel that we have a need to know. Not a right. We have a need to know. Because these are things that's going to affect the way we live for the long term. You always hear about taxes, taxes, taxes. Well, there's a reason that you hear about taxes, because taxes are what are drawn to run the country. We hear that there's, you know, a war going on. And by the way, we've been, I hate to say it like this, but I guess we've been introduced into a third conflict um, with what's going on in Libya now. Now, a lot of people have fears that, you know, America is going to collapse. No, America is not going to collapse. We're the strongest nation on the on, on the planet, and we're, you know, by far pretty much the youngest nation on the planet. But there's a reason for that, because we're innovative thinkers. We're creators. We, we put things in motion. We're not going to fall. I've been noticing this commercial that's been going on um, about the debt that America has, that China has, you know, over a trillion dollars of our of our debt because they've purchased bonds or given money to America. But the thing is that you have to look at is <laughs> all of it is a concept. Everything is a concept. When a company in the U.S. goes bankrupt or, or applies for federal bankruptcy protection, that con that 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 company, for instance, will come out of bankruptcy. Now, all of the shares that they had prior to going into bankruptcy, once they go into that reorgan reorganization plan or the federal government, the U.S. bankruptcy courts allow them to go into that federal reorganization uh, under bankruptcy. Well, what will happen is when they come out of bankruptcy, they will reissue. Their stock, the previous stock is no good. It's pretty much dead. It was for the company before it went into bankruptcy. Well, when a company comes out of bankruptcy, they will issue, normally get an IPO and issue a new stock, almost like a brand new company. They still have the name reputation, but they will issue a new stock. So all the people that purchased that old stock, they pretty much, you know, lost out. The people that are purchasing the new stock, well, they're going forward with a new company. Well, I kind of liken that to our debt. Yes, it may hurt us internationally from a monetary fund, but let's be real about it. It's once been said that when America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. In some parts of the world, when America sneezes, some people catch influenza. Some countries catch influenza. Because everything is really dependent on the on the on the U.S. economy, but this is where let's go down to the individual now. This is where the individual, you and I, can make a difference. You and I can change some way some of the ways things are done. We are not victims unless we allow ourselves to be victims. We control the market, but. Many of us don't feel that we are capable of it. But every time you make a transaction, you control the market. Now, back to Libya and this whole third war conflict. That's being paid for with our tax dollars. Now, I'm going to bring it home for you. It's tax season. And a lot of people have done their taxes already. 
those that are earned, getting the earned income credit, um, a form of welfare capitalism. But we can talk about that on another subject. But those of you who are anticipating doing your taxes, and by the way, you have probably uh, 20 days to get it all done, get your taxes done. But when you do your taxes, when they – we did a show back in February, and it was called The Mysteries of the W-4. And this is where it goes – it comes home, really on a basic level. The Mysteries of the W-4. Basically, what's happening on your W-4, and I know it sounds like I'm bouncing around, but I'm not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solidify all this for you. When you do, when you sign on on your W-4, when you fill out your W-4, which, by the way, you should be filling out your W-4, new W-4, every year. And the W-4 is basically a, a document for the, for, the, for the company that's issued by the IRS to capture the right amount of deductions. Okay, this is how the country is operated. This is how the country runs, by collecting taxes from the individual. Those taxes are used to uh, keep the government running. They're used to for entitlement services, um, your you know SSI, Social Security, I mean supplemental income, uh, your Social Security. They're used for things like your roads, uh, federal federal dollars for roads, uh, highways, transportation. And they're also used to pay for a war. So when you hear billions of dollars being spent monthly on the Afghanistan war, those are your tax dollars. Those are your tax dollars that you do every year. The government has a tax system that they collect money to make sure that we can keep the government running. Our military costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money, and I myself, being a being a veteran, former military personnel, uh, I don't mind paying money to keep our military strong. We have the strongest military in the world, which is why you, chances of us getting invaded or somebody taking over us are slim to none because our military is that strong. But our military is that strong because we have a we have a healthy tax system that pays for that. Now, of course, there need to be some type of regulations that are going on, and this is the thing that you hear every time there's a, uh, a campaign going on, a political race that's happening. We talk about taxes, 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 lowering taxes, lowering taxes. Well, I would love to lower the taxes as well, but I don't want to lower it to the point where we become vulnerable. Okay. But all of this goes down to the to the very basic, to the very individual. We are the ones who are in control of this, and since we are the ones in control of it, we should have our our minds open um, to draw more, to control more. But unless we do that, then you know, basically, they collect the money, and we don't say anything. Um, I'd love to hear from you this morning. Our number is 347-637-1008. That's 347-637-1008. Give me a call and let's talk. Uh, let's talk about some of the things that are going on um, 
around the country. There's another thing I want to I want to touch bases on is uh, I saw in the news this week of the way the news presented it. It was like this: Let's say you owed a friend twenty five dollars. Well, instead of trying to pay them cash, why don't you just pay them with a debit card or with a credit card? I've been preaching this ever since I started the show last year in July, that cash is on its way to being obsolete. Okay? Yes, cash is safer, but you can't track cash. You can't see a a, a consumer's buying pattern with cash. And now they're getting so bold to go and say, well, why don't you pay a person with cash? And the concept isn't old. The concept is kind of like PayPal, but Visa is getting into it. Visa is looking and saying, you know what? We can earn money, additional monies that way, where if I owed you $20 or $50 or $12, I can just take my debit card, my Visa card, and go online and do a swiping transaction and send the money to you, to you, and it will go into your account. Hey, neat, really cool way to process things. But what does that do? That also keeps you trackable. And if you notice, you know, you'll get things in the mail unsolicited. Well, that's because every time you use your card, if you don't opt out of the system, and honestly, I think opt out is just a good word of saying that, you know, we know that you are aware, but we're still going to do what we're going to do anyway. But <laughs> that's why you're getting things you get things in the mail because you may not have opted out and your information is marketed. I was talking with a friend the other day and I said that to him and he was like, well, man, that's illegal. They can't do that. Not only can they do it, but they are doing it and they do it every day. Your information is sold every day. Every time you fill out something, your information is bought and sold for pennies on a dollar. That allows companies allow companies to market to you on a regular basis. So uh, these are things that little things that you need to be you need to be aware of. Uh, I had a got a question on the chat line. Is uh, basically I know the show we were talking about the credit follow up. But the question is, you know, can I have my personal and business credit repaired legally? And so will it cause me a fortune? <laughs> a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find a company that was actually doing business credit. Uh, they were few and far between. You had to go to traditional routes, go into a bank, trying to get some credit built up for yourself or for your business. Um, now, under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, and these are things that you need to go and take a look at. The Fair Credit Reporting Act of 2006. Now, this act, um, if I'm not mistaken, this act came out in the 80s, but it's been revised and revised um, every every four or five years or so to bring it up to date because things are changing so rapidly now. And basically, what is what's going on under the Fair Credit Reporting Act? is, yes, you can have your credit repaired legally. But let's talk about what that means. You can't have, okay, if you went out and got a got a credit card. Yeah, let's keep it on credit card. You go out and you get a credit card. And 
under that credit card, you charge off $1,000. You just don't have the money. You lost your job or what have you, and you don't have the money anymore. So now you're going to charge that off, or the bank is going to charge that off for failure to receive money from you. And now it goes on to your credit report. And if you look at your credit profile, which, by the way, if you go to our blog, you'll be able to pull um, the information of how to be able to get your credit. Uh, there's a annual credit annual credit reporting dot com. That's a that's a website that's the only FTC Federal Trade Commission authorized website where you can get free copies of your credit report annually. But you can go and pull your credit report. But on your credit profile, you will notice that they have a rating system that, okay, if you're 30 days late, then you are assessed a number. And that number is like, um, if it's a credit card, it's, a, it's an R2. That means revolving two. Revolving, revolving one. R1 means that your credit is, you're paid as agreed. R2 means that you are now 30 days late. R3, 60 days late. Well, in R4, R4 and R5, you get into 90 days, 90 days and then 120 days. And once you get to an R5, um, it, it's seriously overdue. And R9 says that the company has charged it off. Once you graduate to an R9, that means that revolving amount on your credit for that credit card has been charged off. Well, that is a legitimate R9 on your credit report. Regardless of the reason, it's a legitimate R9, which means you did not pay it. Well, some people think that you can just go and get that charged off or get that not charged off, get that legally repaired. You can't get that legally repaired. Now, you may run into some companies out there that have, okay, let me, let me, t let me take that back for a second. I'm not going to say you can't, but there are ways of getting it done properly. No one is going to, you know, that whole word legally is really a misnomer because no one is going to jump and uh, take you to court because you were correcting or trying to get your credit report repaired. There's not, I mean, it's not a crime, and I've researched this. And I'd love for somebody to challenge me on it, but it's not a crime. You're not going to go to jail for or you know be in court because you were trying to get your credit report repaired or get some things removed from your credit report. And um, so with that in place, there there's always a way of getting it done. For instance, let's say you had a credit card from this company. But this company was bought up by another company. Well, when you want to get into the legal aspects, legally, your contract was with the other company that you originally had it with. And in your agreement, you have to make sure, because in your agreement, unless it says in that agreement that if this company is bought or sold, all of that debt or all of that information transfers over to the other company or the company that buys it. And there's a lot of legal issues that go on with that, so you have to be very careful in that. But let's say that it was sold, and 
you are now, your debt is now with this new company. Well, there is a way that you can, you can, you can request that information be pulled up. Because understanding, the credit reporting agencies are just that. They are credit reporting agencies, and what they are doing is reporting your information that the company sends to them. So if they send them that information, you can request that, let's say Equifax. You can contact Equifax and say, look, I want to dispute this claim because this is not a legitimate claim. Back to that whole credit card charged off thing. That's the reason I said I don't want to say can't. And you can dispute that. Now Equifax has to do this. They have to contact that business and have that business verify that claim, that that claim is actually legitimate. Okay, stop right there. Let me go back for a second. And so you can understand, remember, these are things that matter most to your wallet. And when it comes to credit, credit is such a, and and an ambiguous monster that most people just don't have a grasp on it. You have your credit card and all you see is the tangible. I have my card in my hand. I got my statement that says I have a $5,000 limit on my credit card. That's what you see. But most people don't go behind, go into the science of what's happening. Okay. In order for a company to report, so I know sometimes we hear, well, they don't report to the credit bureaus. Remember, the credit bureaus are a business. They're in business to make money. In order for a company to report to the credit bureau, they have to get an account with that credit reporting agency. Okay? And under that account, there's so many tra- – they have to they, – they purchase so many transactions per month. And what it does is it allows them to report an individual's name and their social security number if they have credit with them. You may go to some companies that do not report to credit bureaus unless you're not paying. So you have to verify every time you go to a company. Of course, your big companies, um, uh, your big, big credit companies are going to report to the credit bureaus because that's a way of almost protecting themselves because they can put out your credit profile of what you're doing. But I'm saying that to say the credit bureaus do not verify if your information is right or wrong. They don't care. But under the Federal Trade Commission, they have a fiduciary right. When they take on your information and start reporting information about you, they have a right to report it properly. But if you don't exercise that right and make them do that, I said make them do that, not ask them to. If you don't exercise your right, then they're going to report what they want to report. So now, here's this company. Believe me, I haven't forgotten about the credit card charge-off debt. I'm going to go back to that. But here's this company who has your information. They reported your information to Equifax, TransUnion, and, and Experian. Now, you want to get some stuff squared away. Well, you contact those three bureaus and you say, listen, this $1,000 credit card charge-off I have is not mine. What they have to do then, see, you can verify anything on your credit report, be it legitimate or illegitimate. 
you can verify it. You contact them, and they say, okay, well, what we have to do now is contact that vendor. They will send the vendor out a request to verify that document, verify that information. Well, normally when you send out a credit card uh, application, and I'm going to suggest a paper application, do not do an electronic file. Because here's why you do not do an electronic application online to get a credit card. If you do an electronic application, your computer has an, an address, an IP address. Each computer out there, that's why people, a novice who will go out and commit crimes on the computers, they can trace it right, right to you. Your computer has an address, and your entry point onto the web it's just like you're getting driving down the highway and you decide to get off at exit 5, but you got back on, you decide to get back on at exit 7. As soon as you come on the exit or onto the, onto the highway, they know. So they trace everything that you do. They can track where you are when you do your application, and they can assign it right to your computer. So they know, oh, okay, this is closely legitimate if you live at, 123 ABC Street, and you log on at 10:15 and 29 seconds in the morning to do your application. Well, they know that you live at 123 ABC Street, and you signed on at 10:29 and 23 seconds. They know that came from that address, from that internet provider, from your computer. It's it's easy to track you that way. And if you had to go to a court of law, you really can't dispute that as much as you could a paper application. But here's this paper application you have. You send this thing in, and you opened that account four years ago. But two years ago, the company was bought and sold by another company. What are the chances that your paper application is still on file? What are the chances? Who knows? But I can tell you this. When a company takes over another company, they have to come in and assume the responsibility of everything that that company has done. And there's so much leeway that goes on. So they will come in and assume that debt as well. And normally what they'll do is they'll just sign it over to a debt collection agency. Well, you can always call and verify that. Verify your application with the credit reporting bureaus. They have that right and responsibility to go and check out Contact those vendors to see if that is a legitimate claim. If it's not a legitimate claim, what they will do is, as soon as you start the investigation, they will immediately remove it from your credit report because, okay, here we have a dispute. So under the Federal Trade Commission, they have to relieve that or remove that from your credit report. Once they remove it from your credit report, they are now awaiting a response from that vendor. If that vendor sends back and says, no, this is a legitimate claim, then in about 45 days, you're going to see those credit bureaus put it back on your report. However, it's not over there. You can push that a little further. You can request documents. You can request. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get them, but this is the beauty of putting in an investigation or starting an investigation you can put in a request to see the documents that they verify that this is your signature, that you signed on this thing. 
Okay. If it is a legitimate claim and they have that proof, it's going to remain on your credit report until you take care of it. But guess what? If it's not, they'll have to remove it. And I'm telling you because I've done this before. Um, come to find out, my Social Security number was being used in Miami when I was living in Florida. I mean, living in Georgia. Uh, somebody had been using it for employment. Now, it kind of irritated me a little bit, but you know what? They were also contributing to my Social Security. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for using it, and you were contributing to my Social Security, and you weren't smart enough to use it from a credit standpoint. You used it for employment standpoint. So it, it irritated me a little bit, but also you were contributing to my Social Security that I'm going to draw. Okay, let me change that. That I may not draw at some point in life because it may not be there, but you were contributing to it. You were paying into the national, uh, um, paying into the, the Social Security Administration. So thank you again, but that's not for everybody. I had to call and get some stuff squared away with my credit report because there were some people using it or somebody using it um, that had put some stuff on my credit report. You should be checking your credit report every 6 to 12 months to make sure nothing is on it. And 6 to 12 months is more than enough time because it takes um, two months before anything is going to enter, on in 60 days before something is going to enter onto your credit report. So definitely check that out. But these are things that, back to the whole credit repair, yes, you can have it done legally. You, it's just going to be a lengthy process that you're going to have to dispute everything um, on your credit report, and that's very time-consuming, and plus you have to stay on top of it. So I guess a better question would be, not is it, can it be repaired legally, a better question would be is do you have the time to do it? Now, I know you've been hearing me over the last couple of months talk about uh, bringing on and interviewing this company um, that does credit repair and credit building for personal and business credit. And we are going to have them on. Um, we went through a time change here uh, about three weeks ago. And during that time change, we lost a lot of our listening audience. And I, I knew that was going to happen. Um, just because people will get, we are we are creatures of habit, and once we get into a habit of doing something, we really don't like change, and I understand that. And I am hoping to get that audience back. I know I will. It'll take time, but I will coerce or or convince them to come back over and listen to listen to the Legally Steal show and things that matter most to their wallet. Because I want people to, I want to be branded as as a host that brings you real, relevant, and reliable information that you can use in your everyday life. And we will gather those those listeners back. And of course, become a fan of the show. Spread the word. Tell tell others if you're listening to the show now. Welcome. I thank you. Uh, keep tuning in. Keep sending me suggestions. Pass the words on. Pass the information around to your friends and family. And have them join the show. Um, it makes our numbers look good, and it makes me feel worthy to be able to present to you every Saturday and give you information that matter most to you. So these are these are these are little things I wanted to throw that in. Um, but on the credit, 
this company is going to come on. But yes, these are things that you can do. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Um, the credit is going to be ever more so important as we progress forward into the next three to five years. Right now, it's 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 almost impossible to get a loan for a home uh, unless you have an 800 credit score, unless you have that verifiable income. It's almost impossible to get a home loan. And you're going to have to put down so much money. Why? Because banks are not in the business of taking risk. They're in the business of making money. So the whole you know goal behind the down payment is simply this. If you share in on the responsibility of the purchase, chances of you going astray are very slim. Chances of you going astray are very slim. And the people that go on with perfect credit that do not put down a lot of money, well, they value their credit because they know if you have an 800 credit score, you are gold. You are gold trading at a very high price. And you guard that with your life because if it's ever messed up, it will mess you up totally from the financial standpoint. So if you have an 800 or better or 700 or better credit score, if you're 700 or better, improve it. If you're an 800 or better, maintain it. You don't have to improve because you're at the top of the food chain in the financial credit world. So just maintain that score. Hey, give us a call, 347-637-1008, 347-637-1008. Love to hear from you this Saturday morning as we talk about things that matter most to your wallet. So would love to talk with you about some of these things. I'm going to talk about some of the shows that I'm planning on um, bringing to you here in the next couple of weeks or so. I was talking with my daughter just the other day, and she was telling me that, she is, you know, she works, but she doesn't make the kind of money that she would like to make, so she started her own little business, or it's her own it's her own business, but it's through a, a very recognized company that's been around for years, um, and I've I've studied the company, I've studied the uh, the creator of the company, but Mary Kay. Mary Kay is very popular. It's it's still very popular, and it's not going away, not going away anytime soon. So uh, in talking with my daughter, it gave me an idea. And one of the shows that I want to do is young entrepreneurs and the type of businesses that are out there and available for young entrepreneurs. Uh, this morning before the show, I was talking with my son who – I'm getting ready to set him up a business and give him work. Just like I can give work to anybody else, I'm going to give him work. And the work that I'm going to be doing with him is he's going to be doing some graphic design work for me where he will get paid. I will make sure that you know his business is set up properly. He will invoice my company. My company will pay the invoice, but also make sure that we capture his company's information so at the end of the year when it comes time for doing taxes that's a write-off for us but it's going to be income for his company but i'm going to show him how to do that and set his company up properly 
but it, it, it inspired me to do a show on young entrepreneurism because I've been talking about for, geez, I guess a better part of six months now of how the industry of yesterday is no longer there. It's gone. And if you don't have some type of creative way to supplement your income or make your income, see, there's a big difference in earning money and making money. I believe in making money. I let W-2 people earn money. I make it. And I want to teach and inform everybody I know to make money. Everybody can't. Some people will have to earn it. You know, we would all love to be rich, but if we were all rich, who would take care of our services? What would happen to our trash? Who would pick it up? Who would make sure that we had electricity in our homes? Who would make sure that food gets to the grocery stores? So think about it. Everybody, everybody can't be rich. Some people have to work. Some people have to be entrepreneurs. Some people have to be employees and supporters of those entrepreneurs. It's a, it, it provides for a perfect balance. But as many of you out there who are interested in being an entrepreneur and want to know more about being an entrepreneur, then I want to be a source of information to provide for you, ways and means to get that going, walk you through a step process of trying to put that on um, to make that happen. I'm also going to reach out to Bob Shapiro with LegalZoom. I'd love to have him on the show. Any of you listening uh, today, if you know of any way that I can connect with Bob Shapiro, please let me know. I'd love to have him on talking about LegalZoom and ways that it can work out into the market. Um, especially I'd like to talk with him from being an attorney as long as he's been. And most of you know who Bob Shapiro is. He pretty much came on the scene during the O.J. Simpson trial, Robert Shapiro. Um, and he, you know, ventured off and started LegalZoom with a couple of more guys. But they started LegalZoom, and it's a way of, you know, helping people from a legal standpoint get businesses incorporated, uh, write wheels, get patents, uh, um, patent applications done or patents done. So I'd love to have him on the show. I think it would be very beneficial to the listening audience um, of setting things in motion for getting things, just, just getting things in place, especially from a business standpoint. But I'm going to talk more about that. I'm, I'm going to schedule a show, and I'll be, of course, letting you know throughout the week, through our sense, the way we put out our messages through the week and through Twitter, of course, you can always follow us on Twitter. We're legally still on, twit, on Twitter. Um, follow our tweets there. We're going to be putting out that information so you'll be able to capture it there and be able to become a part of what's happening. Uh, stay informed because that's the only way that you're going to stay ahead. You've got to stay informed. If you don't stay informed, you're going to fall behind. If you fall behind, you're going to become a victim. I don't want any of my listening audience to become victims. So I want you to stay ahead. But these are these are little things that I also that I have coming up. Also at the end of May, well around the first week of May when schools are getting out, I'm gonna have another show on because I've been looking at something and I'm experiencing it personally with my own children uh about college education. 
and there are some there are some radical things or some controversial things that I want to say about college education. And believe me, I have mine. So I'm not just talking now, but I'm talking from what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a trend, and some of the things that parents need to know. We're going to go around and around, and I and, and I expect that's going to be a heated topic because I'm going to challenge some parents and to be a parent and guide their children in the right direction. It's a sad day when your children are guiding the parents, and we're just sitting by on the wayside, on the by and by, and letting them do what they think they know best. They don't know best. We know best. Yes, I was 18 before, and I was full of something in vinegar, and I thought I knew everything. But now as a 42-year-old man, I realize, no, I didn't know everything. I still don't know everything. I know a whole lot more than I did when I was 18, but I still don't know. And one of my biggest pet peeves is children guiding their parents in the direction that they want to go. If you're 18 years old, you know nothing about the world, and you need some guidance and what you're going to endure with the world. But that show is coming up in May. It's going to be a very hot show. I'm expecting it to be controversial, but I also want to make sure that it's information that we can use. And this goes out to, and I want everybody to listen to the show, because just because you may be a grandparent and not have that so-called direct influence, as a grandparent, you have influence. And young people will look to you if you are responsible. So we're going to talk about a number of things, a lot of shows coming up. Um, as soon as we, which this week uh, or next week I'm looking at, we should be finalizing the agreement. And we're going to start doing some live remotes um, throughout the summer to capture that audience, I'm looking at launching the local radio station or radio show uh, about the middle of April, or middle of May, middle of April, end of in, middle to the end of April. Looking at launching that and getting that show going in the local markets because I'm building I'm building something that um, is going to spread nationwide and really grow our presence. Around the around the country and around the world, I want people to know about it. Um, during the meeting, during the last meeting that I had with this credit union and their attorney, uh, she looked at me and she said, "The attorney looked at me and she said, so you are you're pretty much going to be the Susie Orman for this credit union.'" And I had never thought of it that way, but that is everything that I'm doing. I am going to be the Susie Orman for the credit union, for that credit union, but also for the credit union industry. And by the way, Susie Orman is apparently she's a spokesperson or a representative of the National Credit Union Administration. So uh, hopefully I, I get a chance to meet her and uh, have her on the show one day so we can talk about credit unions. We can talk about financial aspects. Matter of fact, I think that would be a great show. Again, I'm going to reach out to her uh, try to re get in touch with her shortly. But if any of the listeners, any of you listening to me, know her or know how to get in touch with her, please let me know. I think I'll try this week to get in touch with her and see if I can have her on the show. That would be a great show of things that we can talk about. So we have quite a few things coming up, quite a few things that we're going to talk about, shows that we're going to do. And, of course, I'd love to hear from you on 
ideas that you have that you may want to share that information with someone else, uh, you can always send me an email at the show, that's T-H-E-S-H-O-W, at LegallySteal.info, the show at LegallySteal.info, and, or you can go to our blog at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash capital L, capital S, capital S, blog. Bit.ly, L-S-S, blog. Um, and you can, you know, leave comments there on the blog. And also, you can download any of these through podcasting, uh, through iTunes. We're on iTunes, the Legally Steal Show is on iTunes, and you can always download it and carry it with you. Um, and you will find that, and it, what I like about iTunes is you can select the show. Hey, I'd love for you to pull all the shows down. And for those, those of you, because I can check the stats, those of you who have been pulling the show or downloading the show, thank you. Um, I want you to download it, but the thing that I was saying that I like about iTunes is you can go in and handpick the show that you want. What I try to do um, every time is I put in a title that will be relevant to the show. So if you go in and you see, okay, I'm getting ready to get my business set up. I want to see get some small business credit. Talk about, well, you can download that show. If you say, I'm getting ready to buy a car, I want to see the art of negotiating on the car, you can download that show and you can carry it to the dealer with you. Also, you know, you can always take the book. The show is one thing, but seeing it in writing is another. Get a copy of the book. We're going into that real heavy car buying season, and you do not want to go to a car dealership without knowing the things that you need to know. I'm an expert at it. I've done it for a number of years. Um, the book, How to Legally Steal Your Next Vehicle and Save Thousands, is a good reference, uh, a good manual that will actually help you save thousands of dollars on your vehicle purchase, be it new or used, because it teaches you how to negotiate and some of the things to, to look for uh, when you're dealing with a dealer or a private owner. That's called How to Legally Steal Your Next Vehicle and Save Thousands. It's on Amazon. Uh, you can go on Amazon.com, and you can pull it there, or you can go to our website, LegallySteal.info, and it'll take you directly to Amazon.com where you can order your book. Or if you're listening to here, listening to the Legally Steal show uh, on our front page, on our home page, um, it should be there. It's there, the little logo. You'll see the little dollars, dollar bills flying everywhere and the lady sitting in a red sports car. But pick up, pick up a copy of the book. Um, it doesn't cost you a lot, but I guarantee it will save you thousands. And as I've always said when I originally wrote that book or put that book out, if you buy that book and that book does and you use the principles in that book and it does not save you thousands, I will buy the book from you. I'll buy the book back from you. That's how strongly I believe in the book. I guarantee it. You buy the book, it will save you thousands of dollars or I'll buy the book from you. So these are just little things. We have a plethora of of, of items and information that's that's going on that we want to keep you informed about and keep you abreast of things. So uh, definitely check us out on all the sites. We're out there. You know, soon we're going to have these videos going on that will be tidbits of information telling you about little things. I'm actually out recording a lot of videos now uh, from a lot of different angles, interviewing some people, uh, 
going by some car dealerships, taking some videos of cars and explaining to you processes of how they work. So stay tuned. We have a lot of stuff coming up, and we are, you know, anticipating the change of what's happening in the social marketing and the social media world, as well as with Facebook and the Internet. So we are going to try to capture those changes and bring you a lot of information. I want our name to be everywhere, all over the web, uh, as the experts in what we do. Yeah, and, and, of course, a, a, a viable source to bring you information that you can use, information that matters to you and your family. So definitely stay tuned. Stay tuned, stay tuned in, and as the months go along, we are going to tackle a lot of issues. We're going to be ahead of the game. We're going to tackle these issues, and I want to put some people on the carpet. I want to have some of these people on the carpet who are proposing changes. We're going to look at getting some politicians on board. Remember, <laughs> we don't talk politics in the sense of who should do what. But we do talk about things that matter most to you. Um, I don't really care if you are a Republican or a Democrat. That's your political ideology. You can marinate on it. You can love it. That's yours. I don't care. But if you are an elected official, then you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to the people who put you there, and you have a responsibility to the layout of the country and be that in your small-town council or your municipalities, cities, or the federal government, state or federal government. You have a responsibility. So I would love to get some of these politicians on to talk about issues like the credit, issues like swiping fees, issues like credit unions and banks. By the way, I would love to know if you have taken my advice and started you an account with a credit union. I'd love to hear from you. Tell me about your experience because, of course, in the upcoming weeks, I'm going to be talking about that heavily. I mentioned it last week, but I'm going to be talking about it heavily. I'm a big supporter of credit unions. I believe in credit unions, and I think every American out of the 310, 8, 308 million to 310 million Americans that the U.S. Census, census captured, we all should be members of credit unions including our family, our children. They should be members of credit unions. We have to keep the movement strong, and the only way we do that is by you, you the individual. Remember, you have the power. Always, always on the Legally Steel Show, we're bringing you the most real, relevant, and reliable information on the web, and always information that matter most to your wallet. So keep it real, keep it safe, and... Enjoy the weekend wherever you are. Be safe and watch out for bicyclists. I'll see you next week. Peace.